This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Welcome to the show. A little later on, we're going to be chatting with Fort St. John Huskies President Michael Bocho, all about the Huskies' historic season that was and all about what we can look forward to next season. But first, five Treaty 8 First Nations and the provincial and federal governments announced earlier this month that they've settled treaty land entitlement claims dating back decades. To chat just about, uh, or chat rather, to chat about what that means, we're joined now by Doig River First Nation Representative Elder Margaret Davis and uh, Brittany Robertson also joining us today on Moose Talks. Good morning to both of you. Thank you so much for being here. Good morning. Morning. Um, so, Elder uh, Davis, the settlement, as we understand it, in general for everybody, is going to provide $800 million and uh, 443 square kilometers, all going back to uh, Treaty 8 First Nations. Um, the government certainly called this a big moment in, in sort of their rollout of the messaging. What does this mean to you as, as someone who lives there and has you know, lived there, I assume, most, if not all, of your life? It, it is a big moment for us, for our First Nation, for Doig River First Nation. It's a long time coming. Mm-hmm. And our people, elders, leaders, and counselors had worked on this case for many years. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is... Again, I'm assuming you were you born and raised kind of at, at Doig River, Margaret? Yes. Yeah. So you've been watching this unfold for decades. Yes. Um, did you think there would ever be a settlement that would come up in this? Did you have hope that that there would this would happen? We were hoping. So we have a lot of our elders that passed on mm-hmm. had work for this very hard mm-hmm. and it is very sad to see that some of them has haven't seen this moment yeah so it it is uh but the grandchildren and the children were able to see it so that's a big uh, moment for us mm-hmm. what do you think this means to kind of in general, the people of, of Doig River in, in terms of reconciliation, in terms of getting what is sort of maybe owed to you, if I can use that term, term, term of phrase. We were happy to see that finally the federal government has um, going to be working with us and uh, it's a big moment for us, and we like we were so um, happy. Mm-hmm. But we had work on this for a long time. We had made our, we planned everything what's going to happen if um, we get our settlement. So we mm-hmm. were sort of prepared ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, 
Is it everything you wanted and, and hoped for when they announced it? Is it are you, are you happy with with exactly what was kind of given? In this? We were happy, and the saddest thing for us was uh, the elders that has passed on. Would, yeah. we would they would love to see this what what mm-hmm. happened become of what the work that they did with the leaders and counselors, but. We have uh, big plans for our, mm-hmm. uh, we have to prepare everything. We planned it out, what we're going to do with with the money and for a few, our future leaders. Our young mm-hmm. people are going to be our future leaders, so yeah. we've got to work with them. Uh, that's going to be my next question. Um, can you say kind of what your plans are for the money and, and for the land and, and what you're hoping to do with it? We're... We're uh, going to buy more land, mm-hmm. and we're going to see. Uh, we already um, plan what we're going to do with the money that uh, we have to set aside a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That we have some older buildings and housing and um, education, and uh, we plan all these, and uh, we have to. Uh, we're going to do trade schools and do things for our young people. So, so we've got a lot of things that we still got to work on. Get all these things. Uh, not We can't do everything at yeah. once. So yeah. we've got to plan it we, this year what we're going to do and next year what's going to happen. And we've got to keep going like that. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't think... Some I don't think uh, with this kind of money you can't prepare everything one year. Yeah, yeah. You gotta think ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when you say trade schools, do you mean like established, I guess, scholarships or tuition that will, will help people yeah. go to trade schools? Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we're trying to get our um, young people into carpentry and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones that don't want to uh, go away to to school, uh, they do it uh, locally, mm-hmm. and that's how they train. And but it, there's always the the uh, our the counselors and the leaders are behind them. Yeah. So uh, there's we plan uh, we had plans for stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a big question, um, but I think uh, even the article we wrote, and I think the government talked about this too, about how this is a, you know, a step towards reconciliation. What do you think um, is next? What's the next thing that has to happen to kind of continue on this path of reconciliation with the federal government, with the provincial government, with the other stakeholders who are involved in sort of making this settlement happen? It's a big step for us. Yeah. And we have, but we can't do things alone. We have to work with them mm-hmm. to get all these things happen. And uh, just like um, we have um, trust that we, we uh, 
committee and stuff like we have, and we all work together. Mm -hmm. And one person and just the leaders can't do it alone. We, uh, some of us from each family, we sit on the, the committee. We all work with them to get what we can do next. If yeah, yeah. Well, Margaret, I, I really appreciate you taking some time to chat with us about this today. I know you came uh, here from Doig River to chat with us about this uh, this moment. Thank you so much for offering yeah. your perspective on this and, and for taking a few minutes to chat with us. I really appreciate it. And thank you also for being here yeah. uh, as well, Brittany. Thank you. You're welcome. Because uh, yeah. with this, uh, we want to prepare our people with to improve like economic way of life so yeah. they can one day uh, they can do things for themselves mm -hmm. and we prepare people our people like that mm -hmm. and you think this this helps in that yeah manner. this helps yeah. so that that's what if, I mean when when I said quality of life yeah they have to learn how to do things for, and teach their children um, and so on like that at Doik that's how we work with our our young people we work with them mm -hmm. and uh, elders we have elders uh, group and we sit down once in a while and we meet with the leaders and we ask what what we plan mm -hmm. what we should do next what's the uh, uh, What's the news now? Yeah. We tell them, and what's going to happen, and then we start preparing for what what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I suppose this sort of helps teach your children to keep on kind of moving forward and, and trying to work yeah. uh, with the government, hammering away at them, if we want to put it that way, to keep making things better for yeah. for people in Tridiate and Doig and whatnot, eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like now we're preparing for Doig Days, yeah. which will happen in May 25. So there's a group. I sat on that committee too, yeah. and we prepare who's going to do what, what's going to happen, who's, uh, what money we have for, mm -hmm. for food and stuff like It's That's what we do with things at Doig. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, again, uh, Elder Davis. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate your time uh, yeah, and for coming out to that. see us. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's, uh, as I said, Elder Davis and uh, Brittany Robertson uh, with Doig River First Nation joining me this morning on Moose Talks. We'll be right back to talk Huskies with Michael Bocho right after this. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dub Craig. Now we're going to talk a little hockey, especially the Fort St. John Huskies, as they did have another historic NWJHL season. Uh, but had some struggles in the provincial. So to talk a bit about the season as a whole and also what we can look forward to next year, we're joined by the president of the Fort St. John uh, Huskies Hockey Club, Michael Bocho. Michael, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dub. Uh, so let's talk a bit about uh, the historic season and all that. That must have been awesome to see. You kind of, I mean, you had a great, you had an, you had probably the best season ever in the NWJHL history. What does that what does that mean to you to see that happen again? Yeah, coming off a uh, provincial championship, you don't really know uh, what to expect, and mm -hmm. to rally off thirty five straight wins and, yeah. uh, and set a new record in the NWJHL is 
is quite another feat. Yeah, I, I think that's key, too, because, I mean, the first five, six games were a little like you, mm-hmm. you guys looked like a kind of a normal NWJHL team yeah, up I, and down, and then just it never stopped from there. The party started and didn't end. Yeah, I think um, we started off to a good start. I think we had two wins on the road and then yeah. uh, had a couple at home and lost three in a row or something, and that's uh, it's something we hadn't experienced for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um been with the club eight years now and you know we had a little bit of that in in my first little bit and last couple years didn't experience anything so it was it was a learning curve again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh then you go to provincials and it was a bit of a different story this year uh compared to last year um i think you lost the first three games and then you won kind of the last one so you didn't get into kind of the playoff kind of part of or the gold and silver uh, medal games or bronze medal games, I should say. What do you think happened there? Was it the teams were just gunning for you because you were repeat champions? What, what, do you, what do you kind of attribute the, the struggles you had? I think there's a multitude of things. I mean, coming in as defending champions, I definitely think you have a, a mark on you yeah. that the teams want to put their best forward. Um. I don't think we were as uh, healthy as we were last year. Um, leading scorer in the playoffs, Jackson McDonald, gets knocked out of the tournament his first shift yeah. of the game. And that mentally, I think the boys say they're tough, doesn't affect them. It, it always affects you when, when one of your teammates goes down. Yeah, um, It's not something you want to see, and you, you try and push through it as best you can. I just I don't think we just we weren't on our game top notch. Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's a long season and to to win a provincial championship is no walk in the park uh-huh. per se. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Well, let's uh now look kind of forward to next season. There's lots lots of moving parts here. Um and I think we have to start with uh the BCHL looking at perhaps leaving Hockey Canada and how that could affect sort of some of the things that happen on uh, the Fort St. John Huskies. As I understand it, there's there's sort of like a farm system where Junior B players can go ju- play Junior A without a roster spot being kind of used up on that team. If the BCHL leaves Hockey Canada, that won't be the case anymore in the same way, and you may not have that entice that way to entice players to your team do you what kind of an effect do you think that that and maybe other things that could happen would have on a team like like the huskies well i think there's a lot of things to look at yeah with the bchl looking to go independent status um currently we don't have any players that affiliate with the bchl mm-hmm. um the closest bchl team is in prince george um so to travel through the rockies is kind of hard yeah, so it's it's not like something that happens on this junior B. Team. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> in junior B, it's gonna it's gonna change the forefront if they do follow through with what's been reported, mm-hmm. um, and it will trickle down for years to come. Um, you talk about the BCHL going independent. Rumor is that a couple of the Alberta junior uh, powerhouse teams might follow suit and might join that league. Mm-hmm. Um, so. For us in Fort St. John, it's kind of a waiting game mm-hmm. to see what uh, the new landscape of junior hockey in this area might look like mm-hmm. and, um, in BC and Alberta. Mm-hmm. And as you say, it could have a trickle-down effect too. Like, is this something the NWJHL has looked at? Like, well, if they go, 
maybe we consider our status in hockey Canada? No, I, I think we're we're comfortable right now where we are at Junior yeah. B. We have we have the small markets. Uh, we're back up to eight teams. Mm-hmm. The league's relatively healthy, and um, as a small eight team league, we feel we can we can do things that maybe the larger Junior B leagues can't. Mm-hmm. Um, we just had our AGM, uh, a couple new executive members on the NWJHL. Mm-hmm. They're going to have some fresh ideas and hopefully spin a little more business dollars in, into the league to mm-hmm. to help grow those teams as well. And it's it's a good future for the NWJHL. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's good news then. Um, but we also notice, of course, as we mentioned the last two seasons, seasons before, um, always uh, the Fort St. John Huskies are very good, are, are really a dominant force in the NWJHL. We want to talk about Junior A for a bit here. Well, how would that look? Is is this a team, a club that could look at maybe we belong in a different league with more elite players? Is is that a conversation that has happened or a discussion that has happened? Is it a possibility of it happening at all? Well, I think just with, with fans around, it's a conversation I've had personally with multiple people mm-hmm. um my my personal opinion is that fort st john could handle junior a mm-hmm. uh i i would see us going in the alberta junior hockey league again for for travel mm-hmm. um we have we have a coaching staff in place with todd alexander that no doubt could could go apples to apples with the ajhl yeah um we have an executive and behind the scenes crew that puts in hours upon hours in the hockey season that would be fine we have a fan base um that supports us better than some of those ajhl teams Mm -hmm. averaging 600 700 fans this past year and topping out at over 1500 in our playoffs in the championship which is so great to see yeah it's so great to see it's it's good for the club it's good for the community um, we have a facility in the North Peace Arena that they've just done some more upgrades to in the lighting. I believe the sound system's on the docket. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. Um, and they are they are game to work with the facility, it sounds like, to to keep it up and running for as many years as needed until a new one's mm-hmm. needed in Fort St. John. The The thing that would be challenging for Fort St. John would be the cost with any organization. Yeah. Um, your travel becomes sevenfold, ninefold. Yeah. You go into Brooks, Alberta, Okotoks, given not as much as your division, but mm-hmm. when you when you would be in a division that would include the likes of Lloyd Minister, Lloyd Minster, uh, Fort McMurray, White Court. Yeah. The tra- the travel adds up. So, I mean, you go from running a junior B organization that, let's say, has a budget of $150,000 annually to 900000 annually. So, you have to have a million dollars in yeah. Right. So, it could it be done? I, I think so. Would it take hours and uh, dedication? Mm-hmm. You bet it would. What, uh, I mean, other than sort of the status of we're now a junior A club, we have more elite players who junior a level players i should say mm-hmm. which uh, if i remember right 
Major Junior is kind of the next level up. So the dub is the next level higher, right? The WHL, I should say. Um, what what other benefits are there to doing this? What 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 else would would happen that would make this a a good move for the Huskies to consider doing, other than the sort of status and the the, mm-hmm. the I, status is the best word I can think of 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 being a junior A club rather than a junior B club. I think you look at the opportunities for the players and the opportunities for the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll start with the players. We have programs and coaches in place. We have hockey academies in Fort St. John that we never had 10, 15 years ago. And then we do now we have, we have elite coaching staff and Todd Alexander, yeah. uh, Phil, Hiscock runs numerous hockey camps. And these players are more Fort St. John has better hockey players now than they did 10 years ago. They have We have players that are leaving Fort St. John to pursue Junior A mm-hmm. um, opportunities, and uh, that I believe that would keep those kids at home when mm-hmm. they're 16, maybe not mature enough to leave mom and dad, but still give them the uh, a, a top hockey experience that mm-hmm. Junior B maybe just can't right now. Mm-hmm. So it, essentially, it could put Fort St. John more on the map as a hockey, kind of a hockey town, hockey hub in the piece and, and beyond. Absolutely. I mean, have you ever heard of Brooks, Alberta, besides uh, the Brooks Bandits? Uh, my understanding is that they're, they're known for their uh, meat plant, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, But then you hear of uh, a player, Kale McCarr, gets drafted in the NHL is now an elite lead defenseman talks about best in the league coming from a junior a league in mm-hmm. canada mm-hmm. that's something to aim for yeah 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 wonderful wonderful all right uh well michael we really appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat with us kind of give us a state of the the, the team and the league and we'll we'll have to have you on again as we get closer to next season thanks so much for your time today yeah thanks for having me really appreciate it you're very welcome that's uh michael Bacho. Turned off the wrong microphone there. Michael Bacho, uh, the president of the Fort St. John uh, Huskies. Our thanks to our guests, um, uh, Elder Margaret Davis and uh, Michael Bacho, for joining us today on the show. I did want to quickly mention, we forgot to talk about it, but the Fort St. John Huskies will be hosting their annual general meeting coming up on May 9th. If you want some more information about that and anything Huskies, the best way to do that is to check out their facebook page speaking of checking things out make sure you check out the podcast version of this episode and older episodes of moose talks over at energeticcity.ca slash podcasts trey lopashinsky and jordan prentice are the producers of the show i'm dub craig be well Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.